Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Welcome to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunst and Cindy Jennings. We're coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, the beautiful Diocese of Duluth, and we are in our studios at St. James Catholic Church Gathering Space, Stella Mars Academy. And uh, we will, well, good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Father. We're going to start with a prayer, okay? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you to be with us this morning as we have another edition of Real Presence Live. We pray in a particular way that you uh, inspire our guests as well as the hosts, but especially the listeners, that everything be done to your greater glory and draw all the listeners into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. We ask this through Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Cindy, how's it going? Great. Um, happy birthday. Uh, it's not my birthday. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, well, happy birthday to you, too, because it was your birthday as well. Oh, yes. So, big deal. A long time ago. So, okay, just so, just so something for the listeners. So, so normally we have a guy that comes and helps out, like, set everything <laughs> up. And uh, he didn't, he wasn't here, he wasn't able to make it this morning. So, we had a little bit of a stressor ses- stre- um, setting things up here. And you might not know this out in radio world, but... We have, as hosts, we have the ability to mute ourselves when we have to, like, clear our throats or, like, sniffle or something like that. But we didn't put those on. So you're going to hear Cindy hacking throughout the entire show because she doesn't have that right. box. And I don't have it either. I have so. a feeling it's not going to be me. It might I'm be. feeling pretty good today. Are you? Why? Yeah. Why are you feeling good? I don't good? know. What's the right the coffee, the right water. I don't know. My really? throat's great. So you're, yeah. you're finally in a good mood. <laughs> Am I never not in a good mood? Anyhow, <laughs> on that note, why don't we... Uh, um, we do have... Uh, uh, oh, I'm just kidding, Cindy. Well, we do have a guest here, Rob Janusi. And so, uh, Rob, welcome to Real Presence Radio. Thank you. And Real Presence Live. It's good to have you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I am a uh, father of four. I'm married. I have uh, one grandchild uh, here at uh, Stella Maris, goes to school here. I am um, basically retired right now out of the businesses I used to run and um, devout Catholic. Yeah, uh, it's good to have you on the show. You know, I mean, just for for you know the full disclosures that uh, Rob here is one of my best friends, and we have been since high school, basically since I was in high school, <laughs> oh you know. And so, yeah. so uh, I know Rob very well, and the, and the, you know the reason why I asked you to consider being on the show is because of because of exactly what you said a little bit about yourself already about the businesses you run, and and you know of all the people that I know. You know, uh, and I know a lot as a priest that you've had certain um, periods of time of great stress and strain and adversity, and uh, and um, uh, how you get through very difficult times. You know, and how you rely on your faith in that regard. So maybe just a little bit more background in regards to um, like some of your early businesses and your early successes in regards to the business world. Well, I, I guess I started uh, my businesses in Tennessee. Uh, I moved down there in uh, it was 1991. Um, started off uh, working for a rehab company down there as a, as a occupational therapist assistant, and I was uh, uh, contracted with them. Um, I uh, I guess it was about after a year after I got there, I, I, I worked with some other therapists that you know I I was working with and. 
uh, we decided to see if we could do it on our own. And um, we, we this, you know, decided, okay, let's give it a shot. So we, our first contract we got with a, a facility called the Bryan Center and uh, was a rehab uh, contract where we provided uh, physical speech and occupational therapies. And uh, it rapidly grew. Um, we ended up, you know, uh, growing from there and contracting with uh, several nursing homes, assisted living school systems, and expanded into, you know, uh, different states and um, ended up opening up our own outpatient clinics and providing the same types of therapies there. But then you also did, like, you got into the restaurant business. Didn't you have a fitness center? Yeah, so we also had, um, you know, as, as things progressed, uh, we started a, a durable medical equipment company, and we created our own equipment for wheelchairs and jerry chairs for people mostly in the nursing homes and hospitals. And then we um, progressed from there and added uh, fitness centers attached to the outpatient clinic that we owned and then I uh, also uh, started a restaurant <laughs> during all that time and uh, and then um, my brother and I had um, started a business here back in Minnesota and we sort of expanded that down in Tennessee too with adult foster care homes and so then what what um, brought the Tennessee businesses down I mean because I mean those closed right I mean well no the 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 rehab company and everything is still there they're okay. still functioning as of today the um, the adult foster cares that I was doing with uh, my brother, um, um, we just decided to, you know, I just eased myself out of them. And the, the restaurant closed down. I mean, it, we were doing very well for about a year, and then there were some city ordinances that changed there, and that sort of put that to rest. And mm -hmm. and the durable medical equipment company, there were some changes with, uh, um, you know, Medicare and stuff and how they paid for it, so we just sort of uh, shut that down. And so there's just a lot of ups and downs through that whole thing, you know, things that were that went really well and some things, you know, I failed at too. So, so when things were going really well, let's say when you were in the height of the success of all your uh, – you know, entrepreneur business things. Where was your faith? I mean, how do you, how did you, how did you, uh, how did your faith manifest itself in times of great prosperity? Well, I guess, I mean, you did have great prosperity. Things were going very, very well for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can't complain. I mean, things went very well for several years. I, you know, I guess the, the biggest thing is the, you know, try to live my faith through my business and try to, you know, live those kind of principles, you know, honesty and integrity and stuff and treat, treat my, the individuals who work for me. And for a while there, I had a lot of people who work for me and try to treat them with dignity and respect and to see that, you know, try to be an example, actually, that to be followed that mm -hmm. way. They knew my faith. Mm -hmm. They knew who I was. They knew I was Catholic. Mm -hmm. And you brought you weren't ashamed of bringing your Catholic faith into your professional world. Not at all. Mm -hmm. No. But then, so you you moved up back up to Duluth, and uh, and things were going well here. For I mean, I know that there were some some family issues in the business. You guys separated from one another, and then yep. you went on your own. Yes. You sold part of it. You went on your own. Maybe you can speak a little bit to what you did up here in Duluth. Well, it, adult foster care homes and assisted livings, and um, we. Um, did that for several years from 2000 uh, on, and um, basically we same thing. Just you know, gradually grew in the business, and you know, opened up new homes and uh, uh, with the adult foster care. And then we decided to go into assisted living and open up some homes here in, in uh, Minnesota and over in Wisconsin. 
And uh, my brother and I decided that we were going to venture different ways, and he took the business portion of Wisconsin, and I took Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I ran the adult foster care for probably about, I guess, I don't know, five years or so, and I decided to sell that off. Mm-hmm. And then you, but then even uh, another aspect of your faith you brought into the professional world is that you started a new business. Yeah, I opened up uh, Catholic Curio and Books and uh, opened that up, and it sort of was a... Um, I was uh, going to, when I moved from Duluth, I had offices down in Duluth in the Wells Fargo building, and I moved up to uh, Hermantown, and we had gotten this uh, business space up there, and, and I um, uh, initially was going to put my, my staff in the building and have the office space there, but what we decided to do was build the office spaces in, in the facility, and so we had this space available. And so that's where I sort of came up and, you know, talking to you and uh, back then and uh, started Catholic Curion Books. Where you sold, like, Catholic books and Catholic knickknacks and all those things that a Catholic bookstore would sell, right? Yes. It was yeah. very nice. I've been in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was oh. good. And, yeah. So, and so then, uh, and then uh, maybe ex- explain a little bit about then, basically, uh, the rug was pulled out from you. I mean, everything kind of... And so this is kind of like the concept of the interview. It's like you had great adversity and then you had great success and then great adversity. Yes. What happened in the adversity? So it was uh, in October of 2014. I got a phone call on a Friday afternoon from my uh, um, nursing director. And he called me and, and uh, said, Rob, your, your, your facilities are on fire. And at first I thought he was just joking around with me, you know, because we sort of had a, that kind of relationship. And I said, yeah, right. And he goes, no, seriously, they're on fire. And, of course, you know, they were in Hermantown, and I was, you know, maybe 10 minutes away, and I was able to drive over. And I drove over there, and as I was standing there, I watched my two of my facilities burn, mm-hmm. pretty much got it out right. to the ground. And so that started a whole cascade of bad, bad events, right? Did everybody make it out okay? Yeah, everybody, Sorry. we were able to get everyone else uh, out okay, which, you know, my staff, you know, I, I give them credit. They were trained, and they were able to get them out um, and the, and the fire spread rapidly. I mean, it, it went through the two buildings quite quickly. And it started with an individual that, uh, one of the family members that put a cigarette out in one of the uh, planters outside, and it just spread uh, to the uh, roof of the building. But what happened was is that it just was a cascading event. And, you know, I didn't realize at the time that my life, you know, and, and my family's life had, was ended that night. It, everything had changed. And... Um, they, the contracts were the, the county, the, you know, they, they, they're attached to the homes. They're not attached to the individuals you take care of. And I had state there. I mean, they were there quickly and told me that, you know, you need to, you need to maintain and take care of these individuals. And, but I had nowhere to put them. Uh, all the rest of my buildings were filled to capacity. I had nowhere to bring these individuals. And so I was able to, uh, put them in another facility and, um, but the the contracts didn't follow, so I had to provide services and care without reimbursement for you know nearly a year. Right, and then uh, and so so when you're when you're facing the real tough times, because I mean I know that there's a whole cascade of events that end up getting oh, worse and worse and worse, and I mean you got to the point where it's like, you know, I mean. You know, you you went from owning several businesses and all these things that were happening that were got to be so bad. You were a real, I mean, knowing you, we don't have to go into all the details on the air, but that you're a, a true to life story of Job. You lost yeah. everything. You lost everything except for your family. And so, right. uh, um, uh, 
where was your faith in that? I mean, in the darkest times, not knowing, you know, how am I going to get out of this? Where was, where, how did your faith play a role in that? Well, I mean, initially at first I, I was completely lost. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where I, you know, who I was. I mean, I, you know, that was sort of my identity, you know, that and being a, you know, father and husband. And you started struggling with alcohol. Yeah, I, I became uh, a terrible alcoholic and I fell into alcoholism and I, um, you know, I was lost. It was very dark for several years. I, I, my faith was there, but it was distant and, um, my wife is who, you know, basically saved me. She went into the trenches and fought for me. And, you know, there was times there that there was nobody. My family or friends thought there wasn't any hope. Mm-hmm. Um, I went into uh, rehab, and uh, it was during that time, it was, you know, that I, you know, the, the fog of alcoholism started to clear up. And I, at that time is when I started to realize that you know, I was on a razor's edge, and I was, um, that I was, you know, could have, I should have, I should have died. I was that bad. I should have died. And, but I didn't, and I started to realize that's where I started to come back to my faith. Mm -hmm. And that's where I realized that, you know, there was something inside me that told me that you, uh, you know, you're lucky. You're alive. You're lucky to be alive. And it's time to make some changes. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, so during that time and that process of, oh, it was there for 45 days. Uh, in, the, in the treatment facility. In the treatment facility, days. yeah. And that's where I started, uh, I started to uh, climb back and cling to the cross. I started mm-hmm. to, I grabbed on the cross and, and uh, Jesus and a little bit at a time. And that faith was there, obviously, because, I mean, as we talked about, when things were going well, everybody knew that your faith was super important to you. Right. And so you already had that basis of faith, but right. when in that darkness of time, that faith, even if you couldn't necessarily see it, do you think it still was sustaining you, even though you didn't really feel it? There was no doubt it was sustaining me, because, I mean, I, I could feel it, and I knew I knew this that whole time what I needed to do, but I couldn't get there. I couldn't figure out how to get there. And then when I was in treatment, I started to realize it's like it's so simple what you need to do, but I couldn't figure it out. Uh, well, uh, we're talking to Rob Janusi in regards to faith in the in light of adversity, and we're going to continue this conversation after this brief break. Stay with us, please. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director at Riverview Place Senior Living Community in Fargo. For over 35 years, we've been honored to nourish our residents in mind, body, and spirit. We offer a full calendar of activities, events, and faith-based programming, and the best food in town. Our independent and assisted living residents thrive in our warm, comfortable, and compassionate community. We'd love to meet you. Call Marin or Katie today at 701-237-4700 to line up a tour. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. 
For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA, or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. In this world of suffering and pain, we've all experienced loss, especially the death of someone we love, and it's never harder than it is with suicide. In our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and for You, we want to be able to help you. We know that the pain and suffering is great, but we also know that we we can get through it. So please visit suicideandhope.com to learn more. Thank you. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Just like the voice said, it's Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunz coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota, along with my guest host, not guest host, my regular co-host, I should say, <laughs> is Cindy Jennings. And we are talking to Rob Janusi about faith, living our faith in the, in the sight of adversity and great success. Yeah, so I actually have heard this story. I knew about you. I knew about the things that you were going through. And I got to tell you, it was um, eye-opening. But at the same time, just the story of you doing everything right. You know, the things that you did, you knew you had to pay for those people to be there. And I just knew God was going to take care of you because you you did it correctly. You know, you weren't trying to cut cut ways to get through. Um, and your wife, just I've known you guys uh, for a long time, and um, it, it, you, it's set, it's so humbling and beautiful. Um, I didn't know about being in rehab. Um, can you kind of go into how you climbed back from it a little bit more? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, during that, uh, I guess it it started there um, during that process, and it it opened basically what it gave me. It gave me a time away from the alcoholism where my mind could start to clear and I could start to have more clarity of what I needed to do. And um, so during that time, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people that go into these rehabs and there are several people there that I that I was there with that were there, you know, 14, 15 plus times and they would just sort of repeat. Uh, and I didn't want to go down that road. I just didn't want to be that person. And so... But the, the the thing that some of those places lack, they're not Christ-centered. They don't have, you know, they don't focus on that. And and so that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And so I started getting back to my faith. But what I what I started doing as I, as I got out of rehab, what I started doing is um, um, every single day, uh, the daily rosary and the Divine Mercy Chaplet, I, I've never missed it. I still have never missed it. Uh, going to Mass as often as I can, um, that's the biggest thing, is receiving the Eucharist. And I knew these things. I knew this is what I needed to do, and I wasted so much time, uh, you know, with the alcohol, knowing what I needed to do. And then I um, um, I, I uh, got a strong uh, devotion to uh, my, my guardian angel, and... Um, 
got to know my guardian angel a lot better in my life and I started to rely on him more for help to try to get me through the hard times and and uh, and then I I listened to uh, I started listening to the four last things which you know tried to started to wake me up because was that Fulton Sheen's version or I listened so I listened to him and I listened to Father Chad Ripperger and I listened to Father Isaac Mary Rayel and um, and the reason I listen to some of the different ones is that because they do have a different little approach to it. But the four last things, the biggest thing, and I started when uh, um, when I first was coming out of it, was I listened to hell. You know, the the speaking on hell because I needed to be scared enough not to go back down this road because I knew that how close I was to you know potentially losing my my life, and so and I knew that where I would go if I did in that kind of state. Um, you know, when you're in that kind of an addiction, you're not in a state of grace necessarily. So, you know, just to maybe to, to maybe look at 35,000 feet here is your situation is that uh, you came from kind of a humble start. You you got successful to a degree that one might call you a millionaire in regards to the success of your businesses. Mm-hmm. It was all pulled out from on you for a various cascade of reasons. And then when you even when you came back, you, you, know, you became a part-time night time janitor of a small little church and that was your job yeah and i to this day i still do that yeah i mean i still um so the biggest thing that you learned through this all is humility and i um you know looking back you know when when you're in your present life you never really see yourself for what you really are and you know you don't see yourself as other people tend to see you sometimes but you know i, I realized that uh, i was more of a prideful individual and you know and then, you know, there's a lot of flaws in my life that, that I needed to work on. And so this whole process was has brought me, you know, more humility. Of course, you know, I need to still work on that, but there's more humility. Yeah, in my, you do. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. I can say that because Rob's a good friend. Of mine. Yeah. And, Go I, and I, you know, and I'm more, uh, I'm at a position in my life where I have an inner joy and a peace that I didn't have before. And I'm okay going uh, being a janitor and we're fine i mean we're financially we're stable again and we're fine and and it's not necessarily even that something i need to do anymore it's just i I enjoy going there and it's you know time to spend in front of the blessed sacrament so a lot of people oh go ahead cindy can you speak to more maybe the marriage part like of what was going on and how your wife like you know two years is a long time how did she she just stuck with it, prayed for you, and you yeah, know, what was that journey kind of like it was, through marriage? It was a really dark uh, journey that we took, and my wife made a commitment uh, early on, and she stuck with it. I mean, she fought for me uh, constantly, and, you know, every time I would fall and stuff, and, you know, it was her that decided at the end, you know, you just need to go to rehab, and this needs to come to an end. you got to find a way, and it's up to you. But she 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 fought, and you know the the children suffered too. Everybody suffered, and it was uh, it was it was such a dark time. It's it's really hazy to me still because it was just a really um, you know sort of negative time in our lives, and it was uh, for them too. And my wife was she she you know I can't give her credit enough for what she what she did, and. You know, and I don't think I would be here today without uh, her doing what she did because I don't know that I had the ability to stop. Mm-hmm. And and Annette, your your wife, Annette is a convert to the Catholic faith. She is, and yet her faith is as deep as yours, if not deeper. <laughs> yeah, in her Catholic identity. Right. And so, 
how did her faith get through? I know she's not here right now, but where was her faith in all this dark, dark times? I mean, she, I don't, I mean, her faith was strong and she, you know, she prayed silently. You know, I didn't, I didn't see a whole lot was going on. You know, I was in, you know, in a bad way. And so she, she, uh, you know, her faith was still strong. I mean, we never miss mass. You know, I, I still went to mass. I, I still, you know, did those things, but it was, it was more of a, you know, routine thing for me. It wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of meaning in, inside, but for Nett, it was a life source. It's mm-hmm. what kept us going. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I mean, I know she was struggling, obviously, as being a close friend of yours. Nett would call me yes. quite often and, yeah. and uh, try and get some sort of guidance and some sort of help. And so, yeah, to, to, to walk with you guys from a little bit further distance away and see the, the um, the stress and that's an understatement of what you guys are going through. But yeah, you you held it together and you're still married. And that's what the whole point of marriage is. The family is still you know together and it's yep. it's uh, and you're spreading Stronger. your faith to your children. Stronger. And so uh, that that idea of humility, maybe speak a little bit more about that because I think that's a pretty powerful thing. I mean, what you know? I mean, you went from these big businesses that have all this stuff to. To being just the part-time janitor, yeah. you know. I mean, again, yeah. I know you talked about this already, but to me, that's a huge, that's a huge bull because your, as you said, your identity is so wrapped up in your success, and when the success is taken away, well, that was the hardest thing for me to deal with at first because you know this was who I was, and I, you know, I, I had had failures with my businesses in the past, but never to this type of extent, and I've always, always landed on my feet. And, you know, um, it was hard to, when the whole thing ended, that was the hardest thing for me was to, to find, I lost my identity and I didn't know, you know, everything that I had, you know, we had a lot of nice things, you know, beautiful home and cabins and all this kind of toys and all that kind of stuff. And that sort of becomes your identity too. And that's part of that prideful thing where you, you know, that's, you know, Hey, look at this is who I am. And it becomes, you know, sort of the cars you drive and the places you live and what you own. And, um, what it, that, that was the hardest thing was that process was to that pridefulness was, you know, I can't, no, I can, I can deal with this. I can get right back up. And, uh, but it wasn't intended to be that way. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't get back up. And, but through that whole process, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for God for it because, I'm truly happy and content with my life, and and there's always opportunities and stuff. But I I'm home, you know, spending time with my wife and my children, my granddaughter. I pick her up from school. I'm here for mass. I can go let to me, daily mass. Let me let me ask you this. So I mean, this might be hard to answer because you're not in that brain anymore. But are are you more content and more joyful now than you were in the highest levels of success? I am much more content and joyful than I was then. There's a difference, I think, between joy and happiness. You know, you can be happy and say you're happy and everybody always, oh, I'm great, I'm happy, everything's good. But there's a, a, a true joy. That's, that's sort of a hard thing to find. And I didn't have a true joy when I was at that level. It was, I was always trying to achieve more. And it was always that constant drive. You got to do more, achieve more, make more money, do this, do that. You know, let's, and um, and that sort of became the catalyst of how I lived. I mean, that's what I was looking at. And so, yeah, I'd go to mass, I'd do my things. I had my faith, but it wasn't anything like my faith is today. It's completely changed. My my life and the way I view view the world is is really different than what I did back then. 
in the last uh, minute or two that we have here, maybe you can just, let's say somebody's listening in, because we've got a broad listening uh, audience here, that might be uh, going through really tough times. That's really facing maybe not the same thing you did, but facing tough times. What, what would be your words of advice? Well, I think the biggest thing is uh, don't ever give up. I mean, that's don't ever give up no matter how bad it gets. That remember that through Jesus that anything is possible. And even when you're at your darkest place, that if you actually start to, to go back to him and to the sacraments, if you're Catholic, to the sacraments and your faith, and uh, those are the key. The key things are the sacraments. And, and the key thing is to stay in a state of grace because the devil, when he knows you have uh, really bad issues, especially addictions or alcoholism or whatever that might be, he preys on you. And the only way to really achieve, you can, I mean, the AA and all those things are good things. They're all good things. But the only true way to, in my opinion, to really get through that addictions or hardships like that is to cling to your faith and go back to the sacraments. Stay in a state of grace is the key, you know, because when you're in the state of grace, the devil doesn't have those opportunities to really tear you down, especially when you're at your weakest point in life is when he really attacks. Mm -hmm. Believe me, I, 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 I know that personally. Yeah. 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 Your, uh, Rob, your story is a compelling one and your faith is what got you through obviously. And, uh, and so, um, thanks very much for your, uh, for your willingness yeah, to come here and share your story because it is a compelling one. And, and so, uh, Thanks. Yeah, thanks, thanks for asking me here. Yeah, yeah. You're going to start listening to Real Presence Radio. Yeah, I will, I'll will actually start all. 88.1 FM, we just blew your cover right now. For the exactly. Listeners. All right, well, uh, thanks again, Rob. Okay, and, thank you. And God bless. Yeah. So uh, after this brief break, we will come back with your opportunity to call in the show for Straight Talk. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 